Hey everyone here and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee here. Today we are yet again stepping away from the alphabet and we're tackling the band's appearance on Jules Holland. I know a lot of people might not be aware of Jules Holland. Maybe he exists as like a sort of Dick Clark's bandstand or a grey whistle test or you know just this thing that bands seem to be on when you look at old clips on YouTube. We'll, we'll get into a little bit about the history and obviously the band's relationship to the show. They've been on there three times, uh, 1996, 2008 and 2000. 2011 today we're going to be going through all three of those performances just before we get into those and the guest please follow the show as always at metallica pod get in touch with me metallica pod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show um you know reach out and i'll let you know what songs are available they won't be available for a long time you're probably looking at coming on the show in like I don't know, February, March time, 2019, something beyond that. But if you want to, you know, if you, if you want to reserve something for yourself, um, let me know. We can get you on there as well. Uh, Patreon is there, patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica episodes like this and the recent No Life Till Leather. And of course, all the Alpha Metallica episodes in full are on there first, you know, weeks, sometimes even months before. So if you want to give back, you want to support, I am going to try and get some merchandise as well, a la uh, Clinton Ethan. So hopefully I can do something on their wave as well. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. Support, subscribe, tell a friend, all that good sort of stuff. But um, one of my favorite things about the show is welcoming back guests. I've had a great chat with in the past, and this is someone that I've not only had on Alf Metallica. I've had him on my uh, Battle Rap podcast, Battle Rap resume as well. We did Dirty Window last time. Joe, how's it going? Very well, thank you. From what I gather, you are... You know, sowing your seeds, reaping the rewards of um, going to university or what we deem a fresher over here in your first year. And I'm pleased to hear you're in three separate bands. I am indeed, yeah. I'm on a music course and currently the modules that I'm doing involve performance. So every week we're given a new song and we're told to do it in a different genre. And the teacher will leave the room and come back in two hours and see what we've done. And it's a very good way to develop one's musical skills. So talk to me about the melodic manipulation. Like, What songs have you taken into what genres? We've done um, I Can See Clearly Now in a rock style. Okay. Which was very fun with like a swingy bit in the middle. We've done um, Perfect by Ed Sheeran yeah. uh, in a 4-4 four, four, as well as a 6-8 later on in the song. Nice. We've done all sorts of... Uh, and so recently the, the new bit that we're doing is we're literally just, just given chords rather than a song. And we have to build an entire song around it with lyrics included. Um, and that's been even more challenging. And uh, do these bands have any names? Like, I, I love awful uni band names. Okay, uh, you're in luck. Um, <laughs> one of them is called Friday Keeps a Secret. Wow. Uh, make, of that, make of that what you will. Well, ra- Radiohead um, were originally called On a Friday. So, I mean, you know, bodes okay. well. Maybe that's where the influence is from. I mean, Green Day were originally called The Sweet Children. Yes, yes, I was aware of that because they all joined very <laughs> Which I find utterly hilarious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the other band is called Team Us. Team um, Us. Yes, uh, because the, the Us standing for You Suffer, the um, <laughs> Napalm Death song. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're aware of it. It's, it's yeah. three seconds long and it's like a meme in uh, yes, the grindcore yes, community. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Well, um, and you, you saw a few bands of the Big Four conglomerate recently in Wembley, is that right? That's right. I saw Slayer, Anthrax, Slam of God and Obituary, and that was a phenomenal concert. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get through it. I've not been to many metal concerts, and Slayer mosh pits can be brutal, to use an overused term. Mm-hmm. Um, funnily enough, my friend who I went with, uh, <laughs> he was going through a hard time he was nearly fainting so he thought i know what to do i've got a crowd surf to the front so i can get out and then sort of come back in afterwards after having recovered but what happened was 
he had his trousers pulled down by the people <laughs> lifting him up. And so, long story short, Tom Araya saw his bare ass cheeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Jesus That's Christ. a story for the grandkids. And just screamed a la Angel of Death, I imagine. Absolutely. So uh, you, you brought to me doing the idea of Jules Holland. And we've spoken about Jules Holland quite recently on the show um, in our It's Electric episode. So, um, you know, what was the impetus? Well, I've always been, uh, I think every new year, we always flick over to the Jules Holland show that they've got going on. Um, and I've sort of been aware of it for a long time. And recently, when I discovered that Metallica had been on there, I started doing my research and digging into old episodes and stuff. I thought it made sense. And describe Jules Holland to listeners overseas or even domestically that might not be aware what this show actually is. So it's a bloke with a funny voice who likes music, uh, introducing up-and-coming bands and artists as well as sort of be big headliners they've got like pretty much any artist you can think of yeah. has pretty much been on, on Jules Holland uh, it's been going for a number of years now they're on like series 40 something yeah um, so you get a really good like range of music uh, like my dad likes Jules Holland and he uh, he's, he's got into so many new bands from this show yeah it's, it's an incredible show and as you say it's a huge eclectic mix it's called later with jules holland i should say jules holland himself kind of a boogie woogie pianist a lot of people know him from being in squeeze early on although he wasn't really a key member obviously that was uh, chris difford and glenn tilbrook but um yeah so it's kind of a late night on a friday it did become live from about 2008 i think um but i mean the first thing we're gonna get into the 1996 appearance where metallica was pre-recorded as that as they pretty much all are and yeah it's a collection of like six or seven bands they're all in a circle you know they all get a chance to perform one or two songs and normally the headliner will kind of open and close it with three songs of their own and you know you, you do get such a, a vivid wild mix so let's get into the first appearance of the band this was on series eight of the show the second episode this aired 16th of november 1996 obviously we're deep in the sort of load marketing appeal Metallica appeared as with all these things like I love going back and looking at old posters of like Reading and Glastonbury from the 90s and you're like who the fuck are these bands they're headlining I've never heard like these bands were top of the bill and like, I don't know who they are so yeah along with Metallica the beautiful South probably the most famous one Catatonia were there as well they had like a one, one hit wonder don't know who Horace and Andy is Donovan though the celebrated Scottish songwriter so um yeah, they performed three songs in this performance here. We also get an interview as well. And the first song we get is Wasting My Hate. What did you make of this rendition? I thought it was a fantastic performance. It was full of energy. Um, and the backdrop was really cool as well. I like that they had yeah. the whole load album artwork in the background. It does make you wonder how many people in attendance know what the artwork is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they know that they're looking at a piece of art called Semen and Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the, yeah, the ninja star is kind of cut up at the back, but yeah, it is mostly the, the human splooge, and it also forms a carpet underneath them as well. It's quite nice, actually. Um, they clearly went to some expense. Like, you don't normally see that on Jules, and you don't see that in the late, it's just everyone performs in this aircraft hangar. Um, but, but yeah, and so they Perform My Summer Hate, which I was under the impression was quite a rare song, but they've actually performed it almost a hundred, well, I think it's this a hundred times they've played it live. It's a, it's a looser, dirtier, kind of funkier opening. Jason's, you know, bass burbles with a lot of conviction when it rumbles in. To me, Wasting My Hate as a song altogether, obviously we're not going to get to that until pretty much the end of the Alphatallica run. 
it's a little bit filler i think especially the verses are quite badly written and boring but yeah i think the performance here it's, it's a cool time capsule certainly yeah i mean the energy that every member has is, is really good to see and so obviously it makes sense that it's I mean, it, it really does contrast with the next song that they play of course it ends with james with a very angry hate like you know any kind of voice is is got her all forced. i love that at the end of the like the second chorus or the second verse just shouts mm-hmm. <laughs> i love that it's mm-hmm. so james and it is kind of like load fillerish, but yeah. it's it's enjoyable nonetheless it is enjoyable in a kind of dunderheaded kind of way and i love the load look of the band at this point and Lars always seemed to be wearing this sort of white sweater you see him wearing it in a lot of different things um, yeah yeah it's very <laughs> and they 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 play waste of my hate and then we go into a very different song as you say quite a cool performance again a song i just can't really get on board with and we're going to be covering it soon in alphatalica don't really get the love for this song think this song is quite bland and the melody somewhat half-baked uh, this is mama said I really like it personally. I think, mm. especially with the when all the other instruments join on the go, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that sounds really good. And I'm, I'm expecting that when I'm watching this, even though I can only see James um, performing. Although I'm not sure if you noticed, there's <laughs> um, uh, Jason. Jason, yeah. yeah, Jason's in the corner, slowly <laughs> nodding. Oh, really? I, like, yeah, head banging. I can only assume yeah. that he's just like growling the creeping death chorus mm-hmm. in his head. <laughs> but I mean, like, I think James does perform the song really well. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. I mean, James is kind of in this washed out pale light, strumming it out on some big old dreadnought. And, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I like seeing James in singer songwriter mode. I think in the future, hopefully we get a James solo album, a la Mule variations where he goes in this direction. And it is really funny as well, like you say, when you see Jason at the backdrop. Because at first I wasn't, I was watching it on my phone. So I was like, oh, this guy is really into it in the background. I was like, oh, fuck, when I watch it on the TV, it's Mr. Newstead just there. I don't know where the other guys are. Um, probably doing coke or something this era. But yeah, Jason is there amongst them. There's some flange on the guitar as well, which is an interesting sonic choice. I mean, lyrically, this song means a lot to people. Um, for me, it's never really got in my blood. But I can't deny this is a cool performance and a rare one absolutely the only other time i could think of where james is playing guitar and acoustic on his own uh, is that performance he did with billy joe armstrong at yes. some point in the last 10-ish years and yeah. he's doing turn the page um, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool as well yeah i've seen a few um i don't know if it's a, i don't think it's a bridge school benefit but it's other sort of benefits he's played he's definitely one where he's done in my life which is the you know the incredible uh, Beatles song there off Rubber Soul, which is really cool to see him digging into that Beatles bag. And we get an interview as well, um, as is the thing here. A bit of a nothing interview. Nothing's really said. Um, the beautiful South basically end. We get into this. Uh, Jules asks James and Lars about their first meeting and what they listened to early on. And Lars saying he was listening to all the European hard rock and James into Nugent and Kiss and Aerosmith. And Jules talks about glam rock as well. And then they play some, they say early archive footage, but it's only from on the um, Justice Tour. They're doing Seek and Destroy. And I get the feeling that Jules kind of wants them to cringe but they both relish it yeah well they're proud of the history yeah they, they do make be. a little joke about james cutting his hair but it's still a little bit awkward yeah yeah well, well jules is like why why'd you cut that beautiful hair and james like someone else did which i really like i mean that's a classic <laughs> hetfield wit um yeah. just pulling up on this pianist and uh, i mean the closest we'll get to metallica reacts kind of thing <laughs> i mean jules also asks quite flagrantly really without any nous about him being burnt on stage and he's like oh weren't there any adults present and i was like it's a bit disrespectful yeah and then james says what was it like 
there's no adults in rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, may, maybe I'm reading his tone wrong, but I don't know. Jules comes across a little bit dismissive. What, what, what did you think? Um, I don't know, really. It's, uh, there's not a lot of chemistry, I'll put it that way, no. <laughs> between Jules and the guys. No. Um, the jokes are a little bit awkward, yeah. but it's, it's obviously a nice relic nonetheless. No, and I mean, they were the big band. Um, at, you know, mm. Obviously, they were the big band at this time, but they were the big band on the show. There was no one else probably they could have interviewed, maybe Donovan perhaps. But they were going to speak to Metallica. And then we close up with, I don't know if this is a single at the time, but I guess it makes sense to close up with a bit of King Nothing. What did you make of this rendition? Very good as well. Mm. I mean, um, it's a beautiful song. It's one of my favourites on load, and it's performed nicely here. Yeah, yeah, it's a solid performance. Shout out to Mike, Mike Hayes, I had on the show recently, um, where we went through this track. Great to have him on. And, you know, yeah, not too much to say, really. We've heard this a lot. I mean, you can hear Jason on the second pre-chorus with all the things you've chased, giving a bit more oomph. Um, you know, James is having fun in the build-up, appealing to the camera. Uh, in the final chorus as well, we sort of get to appreciate the main room more and you get to see more of the um, load graphics on the floor. But, I mean, all in all, a necessary press stop here for load, and I think they market it well. Yeah. So, uh, 2008, the band return. Uh, 12 years had passed. I'm pretty sure I watched this at the time, because I remember thinking it was awesome that Metallica and Kings of Leon were here. This is the first... Because this is back when Kings of Leon... I know you're slightly younger, Joe, but um, in 2008, they were like the biggest band in the UK. They were fucking yeah. massive. They were everywhere. Um, it was Only By The Night after Because Of The Times. I think that was the third one, Only By The Night, which was just... Had that double punch of Sex On Fire and You Somebody. And, you know, it's a pretty decent album. Manhattan was a fun song. Cold Desert. I'm not the biggest fan of the band, but, you know, whatever. They were giant. Also, Nick. Sarkozy's um, wife, his boo, Carla Brunei, uh, you know, Mrs. France at the time was on there as well performing. Uh, Vivi Brown, I recall her as well being quite big at the time. So this was the 16th of September 2008. You know, when this trans- times transmission, this is the number one album in the charts was Death Magnetic. They begin with Day That Never Comes. And uh, this is an amazing performance. Yeah, it was certainly a good choice as well mm. to, to play on that kind of show. Because... <laughs> You don't want to be because there's not been many metal acts on Jules Holland. No, that I've, that I've seen going back to so, the archives. No. So you don't want to intimidate the crowd too much if they're not there for that kind of thing. Yeah. So to start with the slow stuff and obviously build it into the more aggressive ending, which I think is beautiful. By the way, I think the, the writing of Day Never Comes is excellent. Yeah. Maybe the lyrics like "mouths are full of lies," that sort of thing. Perhaps yeah. it's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. Lyric, lyric wise, Metallica aren't the best, the greatest ever. Oh no, they make for they make up for another sense of the course. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree and. And, um, you know, the intro is truncated slightly to accommodate the running time. James' voice is fantastic. He's smiling a lot more. I think just he's in a better headspace than he was 12 years before there on this stage. Kirk rocking the shirtless but with waistcoat combo. Uh, which is very tasteful, um, you know. And I always love the other shots. Yeah, I always love the <laughs> shots of the other bands watching them perform as well. And you know, I'm pretty sure at a time you can see one of the Kings of Leon guys sort of nodding along as well. And you know, I, the, the the final movement of Day that Never Comes from the Love Is a Four Letter Word sequence into the mainly instrumental uh, mode, I think it's one of the highlights of the band in the past two decades or so. I can't get enough of this. I think. Um, 
when they get their Lizzie on. Uh, check out the recent Finn Lizzie episode that I did as well. Um, and uh, Kirk's solo is excellent. I think it trounces anything that's on Hardwired. It's definitely one of the best solos on Death Magnetic as well, though there are some good good moments on there. Um, I love the fact that when they're getting into the that sort of riff, um, <laughs> yeah. you see James' mouth to last slow down. Yeah, yes. <laughs> slow down. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. There is actually a bit where Kirk slightly goes out of time, but he mm. saves it. And I'm, fa- I'm fairly sure... If I'm not mistaken, he goes fuck under his breath. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and I could relate to that. If you could, if you like mess up during a performance and you like visibly show that you're annoyed, obviously the camera's going to pan away, and it just about does in time. But I can relate to Kirk. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really really strong performance, and I know online as well a lot of the comments are saying this is one of the best live performances of this song. Uh, I adore this song. Check out the episode with Nick quite a long time ago now. It was an early one in the D's, but um, yeah you know really adore this composition and they did perform cyanide i can't seem to find any footage did you find any i'm afraid not no no there is on their metallica tv um a sort of behind the scenes that shows rehearsal of them doing cyanide and enter sandman which is quite cool but um yeah don't know where that is very cool that they played cyanide on the show as well and then of course we close out with sandman which i mean you know can do no wrong in my eyes Absolutely, but unfortunately, they did take out the Lord's Prayer bit. They did, yeah. It's it's odd. It goes from the solo into the final chorus, which they, they pull off, but it's quite jarring. Yeah, I think if if it was up to me, maybe I'd have taken out a different bit because I really like how the Lord's Prayer brings it back down mm. before the big finale. I think that would have been really effective. Yeah, yeah. To, so to keep it in. Yes, yeah, so that bridge is gone. I mean, the guitars sound fantastic so chunky uh, mm. everyone again is really really enjoying themselves obviously everyone knows this song metallica fan or not and the band are just prowling amongst each other you know these are good performances again if people haven't checked out these jules holland showings obviously it's fun for us because you know they're on metallica on the bbc like you know it's a big it's a big deal but you know i know they go on all these shows all over the world and the final time they touched down on Jules. They um, didn't hit him for Hardwired for whatever reason, which is quite, uh, you know, odd. But uh, 2011, season 39, the eighth episode, the 11th of November, 2011. So this is more than seven years ago, recording this on the 18th of November. Lou Reed and Metallica this time, not just Metallica. Uh, also have Steve Earle, which is pretty cool, the, the, the folk hero of old that... You know, most people know as Waylon from The Wire. He's incredible. Uh, Bubsy's drug sponsor. But um, what did you make of this performance of White Light, White Heat? Uh, it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was. It's not the best. I mean, without Lou, I mean, everyone else is going nuts, right? James is James loves performing. It. He's performing like he's playing rugby, and he's just got the ball, and there's no one in his way trying to tackle him, and he's just like going crazy, like um. The look that he's rocking as well, the the kind of mohawky. It's kind of skinny James, I think Clint has said before, and it's very true. Yeah, I mean he looks he looks great, and everyone else is also like, especially Lars was slamming that snare, mm. and he's got he's rocking the short hair that's quite rare for him as well. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is this is the Lulu press tour, and mm. James, as you say, is really enjoying himself. I mean, this is. Um, this isn't a song off Lulu. This is actually the first song from Velvet Underground's second album, which is called White Light, White Heat. Can't say I'm that familiar with the track. James is in the background vocals as well. Lars pulses the song. Crowd don't seem too into it, but James, I don't blame them. Yeah, James is animated, <laughs> and you know it's cool to see um, the guys sharing a mic as well. Um, Lou 
His vocals are a little bit shrouded um, sometimes, a little bit deep in the mix. But I love the build-up. Again, it's kind of a Lulu song where it has a giant jackhammer riff and everything else is kind of centred around this. James ends up facing his amp as well, conjuring these, um, you know, feedback spirits. Um, Iced Honey also was played, but for whatever reason, there's no footage on there. Yeah, that's a shame as well. Although, again, we're probably not missing much. But no, I mean, you know, it. Lulu is slowly growing in my estimations from absolutely awful to maybe not quite terrible. So, <laughs> but, that, but that's through virtue of doing this album, you know, picking through the back catalogue. Uh, Tommy was on the show recently, one of my favourite episodes that I've done recently, where we did Junior Dad. We had a really good chat on that, so definitely go listen back to that. And, um, you know, that marks the end. The band, as I say, didn't come back for the hardwired thing. But it would be great to see them again on the dual stage, right? Absolutely. I think they did go to the BBC. I think they did like a live at the yeah. BBC or some kind Major of show. Vale. Like that. They yeah, played, yeah, yeah. They played Atlas Rise and did some interviews and that. But. Yeah, I think they, there's like a rock show on the BBC. I forget the guy's name. But yeah, a lot of the big bands tend to do that rather than um, elsewhere. And oh man, there's such a fascinating uh, Wikipedia article of all the episodes of Jules and all the bands that have been there. And mm. I did spend uh, about half an hour early this afternoon going through. Mr. Tom Waits has never been on there. I didn't think he had, but I was curious if maybe he stepped on there. But you get certain bands that are very Jules Holland core, you know, like Elbow, Paolo mm. Nutini, you know, U2. Yeah. Those sort of bands that always uh, always pop falls always seem to be on there. But yeah, it's a very, very um, obscure mix at times. Definitely throw some cool artists in there. So people need to go back and check these out. But um, yeah, I mean, we didn't aim for this to be a you know a huge marathon, us going through. I thought it'd be cool to just pluck through these to explore to a certain extent. I mean, you and Metallica, Joe, we haven't spoken in about a year. You're still as much a fan as you were back then? Even more so. Yep, wow. I've got my ticket for when they come to, oh. I believe, Twickenham Stadium in June. Oh, nice. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be so yeah. good. Are they still on sale? I have just completely slacked. I'm assuming they've yeah. sold out by now. Probably but... have, right, yeah. June 20th. Okay, Ghost are also supporting. That's very cool. Yeah, I wasn't yes. aware of that. God, Twickenham Stadium is fucking massive. That Yeah, that that is dope. That is dope. So, um, yeah. As always, follow the show at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPod, at gmail.com. If you enjoy the conversations, please support patreon.com forward slash alpha metallica we've got lots of cool episodes coming up i mean i'm not sure exactly when i'm going to upload this in the running but um what do we have next we've got leper messiah little dog lords of summer lover man and low man's lyric that's the next month or so on the show joe um anything to promote sir yes indeed i it's just in the works right now we've not got anything concrete but I'm looking to start a Metallica tribute brand, wow. tribute band, sorry, um, to perform in Derby and coming up with a name. You need that pun. You need. <laughs> yes, that pun. I need a pun. I've got yeah. some suggestions, right? Some of them better than others. I'm thinking maybe Lords of Summer, quite simple as yeah. a diagram. It's called Sandmen, bit obvious, but yeah. you know, Men Unkind. Men Unkind. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps not. My personal favourite that I've come up with so far is Metal Liquor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because... Metal. Uh, you know what's funny? <laughs> Cole, Cole Pilgrimson made that. Pun many yeah, years I remember ago. that. That was on a Ricky Gervais. Um, you remember that? Yeah, that's some kind oh, of game. No, Rockbusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, on their XFM show, and I remember him saying that as a kid. I was like, "Oh my God, Cole Pilgrim, Metallica!" Like you know. So yeah, uh, I saw that as well. Metal liquor. Yeah, it's you know, it, it's there. But uh, <laughs> if you if you can think of any <laughs> more, uh, comment below. Um, get in touch with me, and I will relay them to Joe there. But I I think last time, did you do like a cover of Dirty Window, and I like put it on the show or something like that? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, um, 
uh, yeah, so check that stuff out. Let Joe know if you've got any uh, got any useful monikers. Get in touch with me as well. We'll be back with the show in the future. Go back and check out these Jules Holland performances. Um, I think I'll end this with a clip uh, with the interview of Jules speaking to the guys as well. But Joe, thank you again, sir. Thank you very much. Why did you cut that beautiful hair? <laughs> Doesn't that answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> Someone else did. Well, I, I, cut it, I cut it for him. <laughs> you did a lovely job. Now, you have these huge... Um, Pyrotech on your stage sets are very big, you have pyrotechnics and all that. I believe, James, you've burnt yourself recently, is that? Yeah, I was part of the barbecue. What, yeah, what happened there then? Uh, the remnants. Uh, standing at the wrong place at the, at the, wrong, time. the wrong time. Were you being, were you being supervised by an adult? Uh, we thought we were. Yeah. There, are, there uh, are no adults in hard rock. So we... <laughs> okay. Well, we're looking for. Thank you very much, uh, James and Lars, for coming on. And we'll look thank forward you. to hearing more from Metallica uh, later on in the programme. Thanks for coming thank on. Thank you.